All right, we are. Uh, this is going to be maybe the greatest episode of Inappropriate Earl ever because, uh, as you guys know, I first started this to interview my comedy friends. And uh, after realizing those episodes get about six views, I thought, well, I ought to switch up the marketing strategy and go after people from my favorite movies, my favorite uh, singers. Of course, I had Stephen Piercy from Rad On, which was kind of neat to have your favorite singer of all time on your couch. Tawny Katane has been here, Bobby Brown. But when I told people, my friends at the comedy store and elsewhere, that I'm about to have this next guest on, I've never seen men in their 30s and 40s eyes light up all asking me to get him to say his famous lines from one movie in particular uh i don't get very excited about introduce well i i get excited about introducing every guest but this is a special special episode enough of my talking guys put your hands together for nathaniel from point break but you might know him a little better as turtle from the north shore the great john philbin i mean do you, did you think your intro would be that good i've never had an intro like that and no i did not think it was going to be that good i thought it was going to be like completely dissing me and making fun of me <laughs> No, no. <laughs> Which I signed up for anyway. No, no, no. Listen, because I'm a fan of yours. But but that, first of all, that means the world to me. And I know when we were talking, I've never surfed a day in my life, uh, as you can tell by my tan. And the weirdest thing in the world is my two favorite movies of all time are Big Wednesday and North Shore. Well, um, we have that in common because Big Wednesday is my favorite movie of all time. Surf movie of all time. I mean, uh, it's I look at and I know you weren't in Big Wednesday, but I'm assuming uh, Big Wednesday had a bit of a influence on North Shore. Oh, on every, on every surf movie. Yeah, sure. Um, I look at it as almost like the Star Wars of surf movies. Uh, totally. You know, you had uh, Bear has this. Yoda-like figure, uh, Jan Michael Vincent, Gary Busey, and William Cott has the Luke Skywalkers and uh, many great and Jerry Lopez. Jerry Lopez, my guru, yeah. Who was also in North Shore. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing Big Wednesday at the National in uh, Westwood, which is now a vacant field. <laughs> and I was just, even though I had no... Uh, and I don't mean this disrespectfully toward you, no interest in surfing. It's like, this is an amazing movie. Yeah. And then about 10 years later, I saw North Shore. And you stole the movie. Thank you. I mean, I really... Nothing against Mr. Adler. Nothing against Mr. Harrison. Uh, Lord Harrim Laird Hamilton. You said Lard. I know, I said Lard. Sorry, Mr. Hamilton. He probably won't be on the show. <laughs> but everyone recites your lines. I, I recite lines from Big Wednesday, but I yeah, it's it's funny. Turtle had it did hit a chord with people, and he had a lot of he. I def I had the best part in the movie. I had the best lines. I only had to work three days a week. I lived right at Pipeline, so I surfed my brains out, and I had a real life person to model that character. Uh, you know, on who who the character was modeled on. Right. His name's Brian King, and I met him. He picked me up at the airport as a PA, and I'm like, is this about you? Because I had always heard there was a guy that was modeled on, and he wasn't an actor, so they made him a PA. So, he, But he helped develop the story, and 
I had him move in with me from day one. He never left my side till we finished principal photography. And he helped, he just handed, I, I didn't even know what a lot of those lines and stuff meant, but he said them to me so many times and I just basically, and I lived with him. So I really took a, a study off of him and I, you know, he helped me immeasurably with that part. And like when you were filming North Shore, did you have an idea that it was going to be like, a cult hit or i mean i'm sure at the time you wanted this to be a huge box office bonanza but like did you have any uh idea the impact that it would have no definitely none of us did i think when we were making that movie i don't think anybody wanted it to be a big box office hit anyway because we were all surf they made us they cast surfers you know a lot of you know real surfers gregory harrison's a great surfer matt adler's a great surfer you know, and then all the other great pro surfers they cast, everyone had to be a surfer first and foremost. And I think that being a surfer first and foremost, you look at a Hollywood script about surfing and, you know, you think this is cheesy, you know, no, who's, no one's going to get this or understand it. And, you know, it was a very low budget movie, even though it had a great crew behind it. And Randall Kleiser, you know, is, is a brilliant movie producer. But um, I don't think anyone expected it to be a hit. And in fact, it was a big bomb on, on you know, in the feature, in the film, you know, in, in theaters. And is this okay? And it was... Um, I'm just taking a picture. Okay. You want me to how, put my shirt back on or... No, put your pants back on. Okay, it's my not pants, that... Just my what do you okay, think? You're at Merv Griffin's house? Um, <laughs> um, I, you know, we didn't really know. We had to keep, get reminded who we're making this movie for because, you know... And they, they're like, you're making it for Iowa. Now, I don't know if Iowa liked the North Shore or anything like that, but nobody knew. And even after it came out, nobody knew. In fact, it wasn't, it was VHS and cable that made that movie a success. And then, you know, it's had these second, third generation viewers that we didn't, you know, they just started having like these, you know, reunion screenings that you saw the thing in Huntington Beach of. And we, Matt Adler, I brought him to his first one at the Arrow Theater and it was sold out. He brought his kid and his wife, Laura, and he had no idea the movie had a following at all. And he was he was really blown away by the by the fans and the love. And so am I. I mean, nobody could have expected that. I mean, you make a movie, you don't know. You try to, you do your best, but culty is a weird thing. Does that mean it's so bad it's good or does that mean... It's, you know, it's, it's, I don't know what, what it means, but you don't, if you set out to make a cult movie, that's, that's not going to happen. You know, it's not going to work for sure. You got, everyone's trying to do their best and it ends up being so many coincidences, be lucky little things that people respond to in that. And we just got lucky in that one. I mean, I mean, it has a compliment. Like, you know, I know, uh, in the case of big Wednesday, uh, and, and the great story behind that is, uh, Spielberg, uh, Milius and uh, uh, George Lucas, uh, all three great friends, and uh, they all three had a deal that they would get points on each other's movie because uh, they all came out around the same time. And you know, obviously, Star Wars is massive hit. Uh, ET, uh, I think it did okay at the box office, and then you know, Big Wins they didn't. So I think Milius made out okay on that deal. Yeah, you, you kind of look like John. But, um, but I mean, our had he lost 300 pounds, but I mean, I have some big Wednesday stories if, if, if Listen, you want to hear them. This is, well, this is your podcast. Oh, it is? No one wants to talk to me. <laughs> and I, I will say at some point I have, uh, including the manager at the comedy store, he's dying for you to say a couple lines from the movie. And I have a confession before we start. Because this is how much I respect you, Mr. Feldman. About 10 years ago, I'm at Val Surf in uh, Studio City. 
surf shop. They sell clothes. I'm walking around, buy a pair of jeans. And out of the corner of my eye, I see some business cards. And they were yours. Yeah. And I think it was for surf and acting lessons. Not acting lessons. That's a good one, though. But you do, you are, you do teach acting. No, I just teach surfing. I do not teach acting. Well, you should. Thank you. <laughs> I quit act. I stopped acting like 15 years ago and just started teaching surfing. Since you've never surfed a day in your life, I'd love to give you a free surf lesson. And, and I promise you'll be standing up and riding a, a surfboard to the beach with, you know, my instruction one day in Malibu. I'll put you in a full wetsuit on a nice board. And it's really easy you know, when you go surfing with me to, to stand up and ride a wave. Well, here's my confession. I might take you up on that offer. Uh, I took that business card. I picked up my cell phone and I called the number and you answered. And for about 15 minutes, you engaged me. And I was just asking you questions about North Shore, asking you to call me a Barney and say your lines. And you were incredibly nice. And after about the 15 minute mark, you said, you don't really want to know how to surf, do you? <laughs> so, yeah, that does happen. But you let me know. I, and I apologize. Uh, I never thought I would have a podcast 15 years later and have you on it. Um, but you were incredibly nice. And uh, I, Here apolo- we are. I apologize, John. Oh, no, it's fine. It's funny. Sometimes guys call me drunk from the East Coast just because they get my, my, I give my number, you know, I'm, I teach surfing. So my number is very available. You'll get every once in a while, you'll get a drunk guy in the middle of the night calling just doing lines and stuff and i don't know who they i have no idea who they are so your your conversation was actually pleasant i i you know i don't think about that i was i don't think about actually having been an actor anymore because it's been so long since i've been one but i'm starting to think about it i just i start i think about it when someone reminds me about it so but i mean uh, let me ask you that we're gonna get to big wins in north shore but uh when i watch point break it seemed like you had a uh a bigger part than that was shown on TV. Did you have a, uh, or on the movie uh, screen and TV, uh, did you have a bigger part and they cut scenes out or? You know, I, they didn't cut any of my scenes out, but I was very much at that time, just kind of like a really kind of grumpy, angry guy. And I, I loved working on that movie. It was the most fun. And I love the cast because Gary Busey, who's in Big Wednesday is in, uh, point break and he actually kills me at the airport so I like to say that the masochist shoots turtle Leroy the masochist in point break yeah so it kind of puts all those three movies together but uh you know I knew the DP and and you know I was just so angry and sometimes I would think oh, this is a surf movie or you know maybe it's going to be cheesy it's not it's fucking a masterpiece I think you know and Catherine's amazing and everyone was great but for some reason I was just kind of a background player you know I've, I didn't go with a big character I just kind of played this really quiet kind of quiet angry guy in the background quiet angry guy in the background that's my right. well, that's, that's your special that's my specialty so tombstone uh, I, yeah quiet angry guy in the background so that's what i <laughs> i was like honing my skills for the quiet angry guy in the background now were you worried after no i mean you know getting typecast has has like the stoner like almost jeff spicoli type you know i think that people yeah that has happened to me many times i've been called into to, to for like lame TV show to do one scene where I play an old surfer who actually quotes point break or something and not gotten it. You know, like I think people just, I've gone into casting, you know, meetings. One of the reasons I quit acting is like, 
people are like, I just can't see as anything but turtle. And I'm, I, I was thinking, you know, I, that was probably the most informed character I played because I'm a surfer and I got lucky with that. But that's, you know, that was just one movie out of, I don't think of myself that way at all. I'm nothing like that character. So right. I just thought, I just think that's kind of weird. That happens in surfing. I'm not Sean Penn, you know, I can't do what he does, you know? So I'm just like, I was lucky if I ever got any job, let alone North Shore, which I, I had to audition for seven times. So seven times. Yeah, because I didn't look, you know, at the time I didn't look like a surfer. I, I, you know, I was, I wasn't surfing when I was acting in Hollywood. I was like just acting in Hollywood. I lived in Hollywood. I was playing mostly cowboys and, you know, cops and whatever, retarded guys. And I went, I read, this is the first surf script I ever read. And I'd worked for Randall Kleiser before on um, Grandview USA. And he's like, oh, this guy's kind of a method actor. Bring him in. And I was pale and fat with brown hair. And the director just didn't see it. I think they wanted like... David Spade played or someone like that. And, and, um, I just kept saying to my agent who was Steve Dauntonville at the time, you got to send me back in for this role because I, this character gets to surf pipeline, you know, and work with Jerry Lopez and I am a surfer. So they, they read me five, six and ultimately seven times to get that role, you know, and they still, and still the director wasn't sure Bill Phelps. And when we were in Hawaii, I just, I moved over there and I lived there with Brian King and, and, you know, by the time the production came over there, you know, I had acquired this character and they dyed my hair blonde and waxed my chest and said, okay, now he looks like a surfer. But, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I'm just into that. You know, I was into that character and it, it worked out. Well, speaking of casting of North Shore, there's a uh, famous YouTube clip of uh, a girl uh, at the airport, I guess it was the end scene in the movie that wasn't Nia Peoples. Uh, what uh, was the story with that? Was she not uh, working out? I guess not. I mean, I, I wouldn't have known because I didn't have any scenes with Nia Peoples. I got to do that airport scene with her. She was a super sweet girl. But uh, I don't know what they were looking for, but they found it in Nia Peoples. I know that. She'd, that other girl had worked on it, you know, for a while and... And the next thing I know, they, she got replaced. That's the first time I've been on a movie where that happened. And Nia Peoples came in and I was like, wow, this girl's Nia Peoples like a star. You know, well, she's, yeah. she's amazing. And uh, I got to reshoot my scene at the airport, you know, with Matt Adler and her. And it's funny, between those reshoots, um, I had, they had to come back. You know, they'd shut down production for a while. I gained like 20 pounds and got a huge red sty in my eye and shaved my head. And I told them all that and they're like, oh my God, you're kidding me. And they came back to the North Shore and they had to fit a wig on me. They like they flew me to LA, fit a wig on me. And so I know that I noticed, and anyone can who wants to watch that movie again, you freeze frame it between takes. There's some scenes where you, I don't have a wig on and I, I don't have a sty and I haven't got a belly. And there's other scenes, you know, where I do. <laughs> wow. That's something I'm going to watch it tonight. <laughs> it's pretty funny like you know the editing is pretty funny but that was one of those classic hollywood things like you sh you cut your hair what you thought the movie was uh i thought it was done i thought we were finished and you know because i didn't have scenes with nia you know i didn't have i just i you know i had all my scenes with matt and with with um just basically with Matt Adler and party scenes and stuff like that. And then I'd go surf when they were working and I'd just come into the trailer and get coffee and borrow a prop board and go out and snap it. But I was, I, you know, I was, I, um, God, that's the best job I've ever had. That was fantastic. That movie, it really translates 
for someone just watching it like me who doesn't know a lot about surfing that, that you guys seem like you were having fun like yeah we um, were I, mean, <laughs> oh, I bet well i was i don't think matt adler was having fun and i'm not a hundred percent sure laird hamilton was having fun but I would think I was having the most fun in the world. I think Gregory Harrison was having fun. I mean, he liked being over there. He got to surf his brains out. But Matt had to work six days a week all day long and then do his, a lot of his own surfing. That guy never had a breath. I mean, he never got to relax or do anything. He just, you know, that was a tough movie to make for him. But as it turns out, it was like, it's one of his most famous movies. So I'm, I Yeah, I mean, I know it. he had, uh, you know, he, he's an accomplished actor, but he's, I would say North Shore is definitely... Uh, that's a hard one to uh, break away from. Cause yeah, I'm Rick Kane, bitch. Yeah. I, I saw mean, a shirt that said that one. I would get that. Do you have any turtle merchandise? There's a, some guy in San Diego made a shirt that says nobody listens to turtle and put my character's face on it, but it's not my merchandise. I don't own, I, those are universalized the rights to those. And, you know, different people make hats that say, listen to turtle or I don't know, but I don't have, I don't have them. I don't wear them around. I think I got that shirt and gave it to my dad. Well, I listen, he doesn't wear it either. I'm Jewish. I'm pretty good with marketing. I don't know if you have an agent or someone guiding you right now, but I'm telling you right now, just in the comedy community alone, if you had a t-shirt saying, you see that reef, better be there. You're going to get drilled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Surfers like that one. That one still flies in the surfing community. They, they, it still comes up online when they post lines from movies. Cause Point Break 2 is coming out now and they're making, you know, and they're Sacrilege. revisiting all the old surf movies. No, I want to get to that. For as you can tell, John, I don't plan questions. It's just we just start talking and we go. Right. Yeah. I want it to feel like two guys just uh, talking at not at a bar, but at a uh, you know at a ball game. So, Other than the microphones, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, and you're probably wondering right now what I have on my hand. The brass knuckles. Brass knuckles. These are uh, Stephen Piercy's uh, mic knuckles. The uh, singer from Rat, uh, so which has a uh, kind of a tie to you, the band Rat, because they sang the closing song over the Point Break credits. One degree of separation. That's awesome. Uh, I like to keep everything, you know, connected, Um, but like I hate it when they remake movies. Um, Point Break is a classic movie. It's it's campy. It's it's kind of over the top, and in, in some of its ridiculousness. Um, but there's a charm to it, and I saw the trailer for the new Point Break, and it, I don't want to put you in an uncomfortable position, but it looks awful. Oh, that looks terrible. That sucks. Those guys who made that movie are lame. It's I mean, freaking so cheesy and stupid. It's just gross. It's their, their grab to make money. It's disgusting. It's like the same thing. I recently saw the new uh, RoboCop, and. Uh, I mean, the first RoboCop is just yeah. like, you know, uh, which I think came out the same year as North Shore. Uh, and it's similar vibe from the standpoint of uh, you could tell it was made for no money. Um, you know, Peter Weller was like the uh, fourth or fifth choice to play RoboCop. He basically got the gig because he fit in the costume. And uh, all the scenes were done at night because they couldn't afford to film in the daytime. And the, and the remake was just $100 million to make it. And, uh, you know, you can't replace, you know, Keanu Reeves. No, Gary Busey. I mean, I'm a fan of, I mean, I like watching actors and I go to movies. I just, I saw the recent 
Poltergeist movie sucks. It's terrible, but I love Sam Rockwell. You know, not oh, in that sure. movie. I, I watch these actors. So, you know, if you get a certain amount of success, you get to do some shitty remake, you know, movie or some shitty action movie where you suck. You know, and I like watching that progression. I go, oh, look at Tommy Lee Jones hold a gun and say a stupid line, man. Right. You had to be a brilliant actor to get that job, you know. But, um, you know, there's an actor that's in Point Break 2 I really like. He's, you know, he plays Bodie, and I think I think he's... A, a really good actor, you know, I'll probably go see it, but I mean, it's just, those guys are lame that made that movie. They're, they're just fucking stupid. And God, <laughs> God rest Mr. Swayze's soul. Uh, yeah. but that, there'll never be another boat. No, man. And, people name their dogs after him. Yeah. I mean, it, amazing. I'm sure people name their, their dogs kids. turtle. Oh yeah, it's possible. I don't, I've never met one, but I mean, I haven't either, but I'm just sure they're out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, they probably are. Look at you have VHSs in your, Oh, I don't mess around. Room. I yeah. once, uh, and I don't think I've ever told this story and this podcast is about you. You know, no one wants to hear of my, uh, your living room, my living room, but it's kind of germane to the topic. I once bought a thousand dollar laser disc player to watch one movie on loop, uh, the idol maker. Wow. Um, great Ray Sharkey movie. Uh, I think it was Peter Gallagher's first movie. But uh, so that shows you my brain process, right? Um, which isn't there, you might say. Um, but getting back to North Shore, what was it like working with Jerry Lopez, who is like the Wayne Gretzky of surfers? Yeah, yeah. And he's an amazing actor, too. I mean, Jerry Lopez is like su super smart, total Zen-like guru type of yoga master, surf master, really mild-mannered and and gentle and an amazingly graceful surfer. And, you know, being in the same room with him, because I grew up with posters of him on my wall, and, you know, having him be nice to us, these kooks from California who came over and they're, one guy's died and looks like ridiculous, and the other guy's like... <laughs> playing this, you know, is a Valley guy playing a kid from Arizona. We're just sitting there, you know, cracking up, listening to the stories he tells about surfing. He tells the funniest cause he's been doing it forever. It's like hanging around some old actor that's, you know, funny and can talk story. He just tells these stories that are so funny and self-effacing and interesting. And we just, we loved him, you know, and we still do. I used to go to G-Land surf camp after I did that movie. I just, he's got me back into surfing. Actually, I had stopped surfing when I was acting right. for a while. And he said, you got to, you should take it up again, dude. You love it. It's cheap. It's free. You can do it for the rest of your life. You know, it's really good for you. And he got me back into surfing. So I would go to this G-Land camp and he would come to that camp every once in a while. So I got to surf with him at this, he was like one of the founders of this camp and we'd surf together in G-Land and we had that bond. I see him on the North Shore too. I go to the North Shore all the time and, you know, I like to go to the Pipe Masters and he's there, he gives out the award and I get to sit around and talk to him and he comes to the North Shore screenings because we're all getting older and it's just kind of like, it's like getting back together again with like a little family that's formed since it's become the kind of movie where we can all get together again, maybe once a year at a movie screening. And he's super, super great to see or be around. He's a hard guy to be around. I mean, to see, to find if you don't have a good reason for being right. around him because he's, he's got a big life, but it, I loved it. It was awesome. Now, when you uh, walked on set for the first time and saw him, were you like, oh my God, that's the guy from, I mean, you knew who he was, but did you, oh, he was in Big Wednesday too. Yeah. No, yeah, we, he's a, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a fan of his. So it took me a while to totally relax around him, you know, and Gregory Harrison, you know, and 
Laird Hamilton and Aki and Robbie Page, because I'm just kind of sitting there like a dumb, you know, like Star Trek guy sitting around these guys, just kind of listening to them talk and asking them questions and going surfing with them. I didn't want to get in their way, but it was just so much fun. But they were all very nice to us. That's what I loved about it. They were just so nice and gracious to us. You know, we, me and Matt, we call ourselves Team Kook. You know, whenever right. we would go anywhere, we're just Team Kook and we just draw cartoons at night after the work of how we just gotten destroyed in the surf that day, you know, and broken another board or our leash or hit the reef. And, you know, we just made fun of ourselves, but these guys were so nice to us. They weren't scary or making fun of us or anything like that. I mean, it must've been intimidating to be around such great surfers. I mean, yeah, I I think it was for me, Matt's not that intimidating. You know, it's hard to intimidate Matt, but I was easily intimidated, you know, and I was kind of like, it took me a while to come out of my shell around these guys but now i love you know since that movie basically and since now i work in surfing i mean i teach surfing as you know i'm a surf instructor that's why we get to go surfing together but you know it's it's i've kind of entered the surf business like laird said once on a things like some people went into acting after this and some people went into surfing and i went into teaching surfing so it's um it, it's, you know, I'm not intimidated anymore. I'm part of the surfing tribe. Basically because of that movie, I, I got to be, uh, you know, I got an easy access, a VIP access into the surf culture, which I never could have done by myself. Cause I'm just an amateur surfer. I'm no, nothing close and never will be anything like what these guys are like in the water, but I respect them. I admire them and I can be, you know, friendly with them. Cause. Cause you're turtle. Cause I'm turtle. Now, you said you had some Big Wednesday stories. Oh, yeah. Well, Big Wednesday. I mean, I always quote, you know, Jan Michael Vincent's line when he talks to Bear, when he goes, I'm a drunk, Bear. I'm like, I, I like, I've been saying that for years because I was a drunk too. And also, that character is based on the guy that lives above me. We share a ceiling and a floor. His name's Lance Carson. And John Milius had a hard-on for Lance Carson. He wrote about Lance Carson in Apocalypse Now. He wrote about him... You know, Jan Michael Vincent played, kind of played him in Big Wednesday. Right. And Lance is a friend of mine. I mean, we've been, I've lived in the same building as him for 15 years out in the Pacific Palisades. He's lived in the building for 40 years. But uh, I would go upstairs and talk to him about Big Wednesday and stuff like that all the time. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he didn't participate in it, but he was the guy that would say, Jerry Lopez actually told me stories about Jan Michael Vincent. That's when he stopped drinking. He was hanging out with Jan Michael Vincent in Hollywood when they're doing Big Wednesday. And I think those guys stayed up for days doing blow and drinking. And Jan was hardcore. And Jerry just one day woke up and surf was perfect. And he'd been up all night. And he was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Right. I can't do this anymore. And I don't think, you know, and he, he changed his life based on that movie. Lance Carson also stopped drinking. You know, he was a notorious drunk and had a nickname, No Pants Lance, because of his antics. And then he's portrayed in a movie as a drunk who got, you know, but he got, you know, he stopped drinking and turned his life around too. So have I. Yeah, we're going to get into that uh, because you were in the news recently. But, uh, <laughs> news. Well, I mean, TMZ, that's the, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, acting is a strenuous uh, job, a lot of uh, temptations. Uh, uh, how did you deal with it then? I mean, you know, you're on film sets, you know, I'm sure there was lots of uh, party favors. So was it hard to stay out of that? Uh, I mean, you were on a film set with Gary Busey, for God's sake. Yeah, Gary Busey. I, um... I kind of, I'd worked with Gary Busey after, after that movie too. And 
you know, when I was working on North Shore and when I did the bulk of my work as an actor from 83 to whatever, 90 something, I was sober. I was clean. I wasn't drinking or doing drugs. I got sober in 1983 when I graduated USC and I didn't, I was, you know, completely clean and sober for the bulk of all, all, all the way through point break, you know, I was sober right. and everything, but, um, it's when, and so I never had a problem on Hollywood or on the sets with drugs or alcohol. Cause I just wasn't my focus. My focus right. was just work. And I, I couldn't have done both, you know, at the same time, that's just the kind of alcoholic I am. I mean, I cannot, I am not a high functioning alcoholic. It's when the work slowed down when I wasn't doing movies, I wasn't doing TV. I had idle time, you know, no, not no job. And I just would get super bored and restless, irritable and discontent if I didn't have a really strong, you know, program that to help me with my addictive personality. That's when I started drinking. And right. when I started drinking, I, it just progresses to, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's really another embarrassing level. and disgusting. Another level. Yeah. And there's no way I could work. I couldn't go on an audition or anything like that. So I ultimately quit, you know, acting and was like, just a derelict for a while. And then I started teaching surfing, which really helped me to get back on my feet. And I was doing really well. I really enjoyed that. And I had great, but, but some, you know, I kind of like did the, I don't know if anyone knows 12 step programs, but I just sort of did them in reverse and lost my, lost my, my God for a while. And I relapsed and, uh, I can, I just not, a, I'm, I can't do anything if I'm drinking or doing drugs. That's the only thing I can do. I'm one of those guys. So right. I need to be sober just to have a life, just to, you know, to have any semblance of a life or any hope. And that's, that's what I am now. And I really enjoy, I'm really enjoying myself. I'm really happy right now. You seem happy. I yeah. mean, but Thanks. was it like, uh, what's, I mean, I think a lot of people want to know what's it like to wake up and see, uh, TMZ, not clowning you, but like, uh, I, I think one of their headlines was, uh, uh, turtle from North Shore via Condios. Yeah, going to jail. I mean, is that like make your? Uh, do you feel worse when you see uh, a gossip magazine giving you a little shit? I didn't because it's been so long that I've identified myself as an actor. That when TM when I heard because I was in jail when I heard about it and I couldn't I didn't I couldn't understand it. I go why why would TM why would I be on and, and someone said you know they you they quoted a couple movies you were in and quoted you on movies and they're like and I'm like I because I never think about that anymore and I'm like really cool like I thought wow they, they I, I guess I did used to be an actor I guess I was an actor enough for these guys to um, be able to make fun of me for getting arrested you know and. I thought that was pretty cool. And then I went, when I got out of jail, I looked at some websites and the surfing websites like the Inertia and Surfline, they all posted pictures of my character, Turtle or whatever, right. going, you know, Turtle gets arrested for gunplay, no word yet as to whether he shaped the gun himself. And I just went, that's fucking great, man. And I, I, I would copy that. Now, other people would be super embarrassed, but I wasn't embarrassed. I mean, I did what I did, you know, and if these, you know, and if someone got a little kick out of it by putting a, a press release, it's like the only publicity I've had in 20 years. So I'm like, oh, this hey. is great. Look, check it out. Because I f forgot I used to be an actor, really. But now I remember, and God, this episode when I got arrested, I got evicted to it. I lost everything, really, basically. I almost lost my life. I came this close to getting shot by the cops. And I had a moment of clarity, actually, to tell you the truth, it ties into Big Wednesday. I had a moment of clarity when I was locked out of my house with a loaded weapon and the cops had been called. And I went, I'm going to get, I'm going to die tonight unless I get rid of this gun. So I went across the street and, and called, knocked on my friend door, 
friend's door and his name's Gary Boyle. And he was in Big Wednesday. He's an actor and a surfer and a full-on cowboy, lives across the street from me. Our dogs are best friends. And he knows I was a drunk and I knocked on his door and he came out and he go, I go, Gary, I'm drunk. The cops are called and I got a loaded 357 Magnum. And he's like, give me that gun. You go wait for the cops. And he played a guy in Big Wednesday that when Jan Michael Vincent you know, crashed those cars out on PCH because yes. he was drunk. Gary was one of the guys who walked out and talked about him and oh, saw okay. it and oh, was that's shocked. Matt Johnson. Two, yeah. Right. And, um, he, you know, he's in Big Wednesday and it's so funny. And I lived, and that night when the cops went through my apartment complex, Lance Carson, the Lance Carson, was walking home from Gelson's with his little shopping bags and the cops pointed loaded weapons with their fingers on the trigger at his chest because, you know, when they pull their guns out, some guy's got a loaded weapon and he's intoxicated. They're, they're going to, they figure they're going to shoot him. You know, right. that, that's the plan. They're going to shoot him. And, um, it scared the shit out of Lance. And, you know, the, at that time, Gary had the gun. And so the cops went down there and Gary, I, I remember I was hiding in the Ivy under my house and I watched Gary give him the empty gun and they're kind of, and then I looked up and then they looked up at me and then that started, a you know, an interesting process of going to county jail for a while, but look, I deserved it. I needed an intervention and I got one, but I'm just lucky I didn't get killed. And a guy from big Wednesday could probably saved my life by taking that gun away from me. Oh, and the way TMZ gets your information is those cops were like, yeah, you're, you were in point break. Right. And I'm like, yeah, you were, were you in any other movies? I was like, yeah, I was so fucking out of my mind on Ativan and Alcala. I'm like, yeah, I was in tombstone. I'm like talking about all these movies I was in when I was a kid. And because I, I don't know why I was out in a black overcoat with a gun in my hand because I'm not a violent person. I don't have, you know, this is a gun I bought to be study being an actor back right. in 83, I, you know, and it's the first time it's probably been out of its case. But um, they took that information from that ride downtown and called TMZ and sold it. That's how actors get on it. That's how I got that little publicity bump was because that's why it's because uh, the cop, the arresting officers call TMZ and they say, Hey, we arrested an officer, uh, a guy for this. And this is, these are the movies he's been in. <laughs> now I'm fascinated by jail because I've never been in one and uh, I don't really plan on being in one. Yeah. What, what's like, was that like a, for lack of a better word, a sobering moment to like, like, you, you walk in. There's no better. Yeah, sobering is a good way of putting it. That's the perfect way of putting it. Do you want to know what it was like? I do, me? to be If you don't mind talking about it. But this is no ambush interview. Oh, I don't care. No, seriously, I talk about, I deserved it. I don't care. I, I'm an actor. I've never, you know, I'm now I'm an actor now instead of a surf instructor, just since I've been in your house. I've suddenly become an actor again. This is awesome. But you also have a movie. We'll get, you know, yeah. oh, you, you've got John something. Uh, you, but we'll, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll plug whatever oh, you need to plug. Great. <laughs> I never want to go to jail again. I am a surfer. You know, I've never been to jail before in my life. I'm 55 years old. You don't look it. I'm not. Thanks. Thanks, man. I'm not in a gang. I've never been a, a tough guy. Any delusions or Hollywood delusions of being a tough guy were definitely squashed out of me in jail because where I went, which was L.A. County Jail, which is Twin Towers, That's is true. the worst jail. It's way worse than prison. And this is, you know, it's it's 
full of gangsters. Crips, bloods. Everything, but meth is king. It's the cartel that kind of runs that place. You know, if people say it's LA County. No, I think the cartel runs that system. And, you know, they own like the sheriffs and the sheriffs are corrupt. Obviously, if you listen to the radio, you know, like the sheriffs are so violent and so abusive to the inmates unless they're getting, unless they get, they're getting a lot out of it. And I'm just this dumb, white old guy, you know, broke, broken down alcoholic who finds himself in these holding pens that are just locked up and it stinks and everyone in their face is covered in tattoos and it's sweaty and people are yelling and people are dividing themselves into, you know, segregated groups of color. And right when I went in there and you're chained up, this guy squats down and takes a shit right on the floor of this holding tank we're in and pulls out this stuff from the shit and opens this little baggie and pours it out and asks me if I have any papers. And I'm like, I don't know what you mean. Your papers, give me papers, man. And I go, I don't know what you mean. And he's got a handful of meth, a ton of meth that he pulled out of his ass. And all of a sudden everyone comes pushing over and with their papers out because this guy's got, and he was the one of three guys who took a shit and pulled meth out of their ass before they went in to get, you know, showered and searched and everything because they don't have anything to do with it. And they're giving meth to everybody. Every, you know, even kids I kind of liked, I was with, you know, like nice, cool, some really smart young kids like from South America and, and Mexico and stuff are, gonna, are going in there to do tons of time for moving meth around. And these guys are just giving meth to anyone. It didn't matter if you were black, white, Mexican, you know, South Pacific Islander, like they have to get rid of it. And there's no politics in this holding cell. Like, it's like, I got a ton of meth in my ass. I can't take it in that, through that next door to that next holding tank. You take it. So, just about every, I made me sick to my stomach because I'm scared of shit of that stuff. I'm like, I, I realize though that everyone who goes in there is high as a kite on meth. If you do meth, that's a good place to get it. Yeah, but doesn't the meth have shit in it? No, because it's in a oh, balloon. These a guys bag. really know how to mule stuff around in their asses. <laughs> and I just, you know, it's real. Like, and they give you a little card that says if you're being raped or if you think you're going to, if someone's threatening to rape, you show this card to a correction officer. You know, it's got a thing. And I'm like, is this fucking for real? And what's the card say? I it's think this, I'm it's, being raped. It's, no, it's like, it's this, it's your arrest card, you know, that oh. has your crime and your number on it. And it, But it's just a little printed out thing that's kind of big. It shows, show this side of the card of your paper, this purple paper, or it's pink actually, which is appropriate, to a correction officer. And, you know, they're supposed to take care of it. And I thought, well, they wouldn't take the time to print that out on this thing right. if it wasn't prevalent. And I'm like, this is going to suck, man. This is going to be so fucking sc I was scared to death. And we're, we're chained up and finally after 17 hours going through processing in is the worst thing because it's just horrible before you get a bed there. We're going up this elevator. We're chained up. You know, you're just chained up and being, you know, led around like slaves basically. But except that if you kind of feel like you're like in Gladiator before those guys go out into the pit, I'm like... Oh, do I have to fight tonight? I've been up for like three days. I'm like, am, am I going to go into a place where I have to fight? And guys are talking, black guys are talking about because they, they, they fight every night. But, um, but you're in with the white people, right? No, not yet. I'm in general population until you get to your cell and your holding cell. And, the, and I'm like, well, this is going to suck. But here, I'm here now and I'm going to have to do what I have to do. And when I, when I got so lucky... I got so lucky because I was withdrawing from alcohol and, you know, they give you these medical exams and stuff. And these guys were, and that's the reason I went to jail anyway. I was trying to withdraw from alcohol and I was taking tons of Ativan and I found a, 
found myself alone with a bottle and I was still, I was drinking alcohol on Ativan. I don't, and you actually lose your mind when you do that. And I was like, I had lost my mind. But when I went in there, I was withdrawing, I'm shaking. I'm, I'm like, you know, I went through a, I had a seizure, you know, when I was in solitary when I was, and they just went, you, we're going to withdraw you from alcohol in here because if you die, when you're in county, it's their fault. It's their responsibility. Right. They they kind of own you at the time. So they put me in a medical pod, which is the luckiest. I got the luckiest thing ever. So I'm in a med pod and I'm getting meds to withdraw from alcohol. So I'm not, I don't have to go and fight every day at some, you know, or be right. with the woods, you know, in the back. And I mean, there were fights in the pod, but I never got really? one. Oh yeah. There's a fight the first day I wake up in the morning, these fucking guys are fighting and a black on white fight. And I'm like, I'm just going to go take a shit. By the time I got into my own bed and my own place, my own pod in the med pod, I was so lucky. I felt totally safe. And I've been in jail for four days and suddenly I'm like, this is my home now for the next, I don't know, 30, 90 days. It's really funny the first, when you really feel comfortable is when you can just shit and piss in front of anybody at a, in right. a big, this is a terrible thing to talk about. No, but no, no. I Listen. mean, when you go to county, like if you've never been to jail, you realize going to the bathroom takes on a whole new me- <laughs> meaning. I think this will help people because they all think that uh, Hollywood and surfing in Malibu is just this glamorous lifestyle and, and you're someone a lot of people look up to and... The fact that you could come on this podcast and, uh, you know, we don't really know each other, uh, although, uh, you know, I hope we become buds and uh, all that. But, you know, it's a lot of courage to, uh, you know, a lot of celebrities that I have on this show, they're like, oh, I don't want to talk about this. And I've had some pro wrestlers on it. Hey, I don't want to talk about my uh, my drug bust. And, yeah. you know, they're uh, embarrassed or, you know, they just, uh, I'm not going to talk about this with you. Um, so I think a lot of people are going to dig this. I'm immediately talking about taking a shit in county. But um, I did, you know, the moment, I had my moment in jail where I was like, we, I went on a wreck, you know, once a week we got to um, exercise in a yard. You know, like, it's not a yard, it's a cement block you know you got to look through these tiny slits if you want to see the sun and that's what i missed is seeing the sky and the sun and the moon and the stars and breathing fresh air look when you're in jail the lights are on full blast all the time the air conditioner is blasting so if you're planning on go to jail bring something warm right. you know and and get used to like having lights in your eyes you never the lights don't go off but um we were in the yard and I was like, oh, I'm getting to exercise. You know, I'm just like throwing a football around and some Mexican guy comes up to me. He's got like tears, you know, in his cheeks and he's kind of crazy looking. And he's like, hey, man, I want those pants. Really? I'm like, what? He goes, oh, those pants, I want those pants. I go, no, these are, these are my pants. You can't have them. He goes, no, I want those pants, man. And I'm like, well, you're not going to get them. You can't have them. And that was my moment, basically, f- when I realized I will be okay in jail. That's, you know, because he walked away and I'm like, what the fuck was that guy's problem? Like, I'm going to like, what do you want my pants for? And this guy who was, a f- there's a lot of really nice, sweet guys in jail in there for drugs or whatever fraud. Unfortunately, they're in there for a long time. He goes, that guy's probably doing life in jail. He's got nothing. And you just happen to have the brand new county, right. LA County oh, pants right. issued. Look at his. They're all old and tattered, you know, and I just the luck of the bundle I was handed, the brand new LA County pants. I had no idea, but it gives you an idea of like, these guys have nothing, you know, they have nothing and they're in there with nothing. And, you know, that's why I wanted them. And I realized, you know, when I get out of jail, I'm not going to give them to him because I didn't like, I don't like him. He was kind of creepy. I had to look out, over, you know, over my shoulder about him the whole time I was in there, but... 
I gave those to a really cool guy, you know, Wolf, my bunkmate was Wolf, you know, like, and he was a super cool dude. He was right. really friendly, nice guy. I gave him my brand new county issue pants when I got released. He appreciated it. How long were you in jail for? I was not a nickel. No, I was in jail for 15 days. I agreed to do 30. I was sentenced to, to 90. It was reduced to 30. And I, I said, I'll, I'll do 30 because I didn't want to do community service. Because I was, by the time I agreed to do 30 days, I was totally comfortable. I knew most of the people and I knew I wasn't going to have a problem. I wasn't, when I went in, Earl, I was scared to death. When I came out, I was like, that wasn't so bad, but it was fucking bad. It's a nightmare. It's not for me. I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not, I don't ever want to go back. I was scared straight and I was petrified in jail, but I was withdrawn from alcohol and they, you only do like, I ended up doing half the time I was charged to do because it's so overcrowded and so disgusting. They're like, you didn't do a violent crime. Get out of here. You right. know? So I'm on three years probation, but you know, and I have a lot of shit I have to do on probation, like domestic violence classes and Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, but it's really good for me. I'm learning a lot. And, you know, and I learned a little bit, of, I had to go to rehab after that. I went to Claire rehab. I don't know if anyone's been to Claire, but that's jail light. Probably my brother. Oh, that's so funny. He's been to a lot. You guys might know each other, actually. He's a big surfer in yeah. Malibu. Uh, but do you know, um, his name's Andrew Skakel. Uh, huge guy, uh, uh, bleach blonde hair, ZZ top beard, great surfer. Um, he surfs a lot with Red Brown. I'm going to start looking for him. Who uh, He drives a huge truck, uh, black suburban. It says Baja Beast on the side. Oh, my God. I'll look him up for sure. I would almost be uh, positive that uh, you guys. I'm sure I've run, I, we've surfed together at some point. Yeah, he's pretty hard to miss. Yeah. Uh, he's like a real life bear. Oh, cool. Uh, well, you know, he, he, he used to get into nightclubs as Tom Cruise. He was such a good looking guy. And then... Uh, through various substance issues, he, uh, he went a different way. He changed shape, <laughs> uh, like kind of like Jan Michael Vincent. Very oh like, I mean, leg. Listen, I'm as straight as a a pole, but goddamn, Jan Michael Vincent was a good looking dude. Fuck yeah, dude! I, I love that guy in every trucker movie he ever played. When he gritted his jaw and punched some guy in the face. I mean, and uh, American hero. I mean, I remember watching him before Big Wednesday. He was on that show, The Banana Splits. <laughs> Uh, they had this little, uh, like it was a variety show, The Banana Splits, and he was in a little segment called the Danger Island, where he played like the jungle boy. And I was like, <laughs> even as a kid, I'm like, that guy's not, he doesn't look like most guys. No. He's pretty good looking. Yeah, that guy's And then uh, Big Wednesday was just like. Perfect. Like the epitome of what a man should look like. And yeah. then uh, I think right around Airwolf. He uh, started to change. Uh, you know, I, I think he was having a good time, and yeah. uh, and then what? What? what uh, not Airwolf. He was in something else. Where was Buffalo '66? Hooper with Burt Reynolds. Oh, Hooper with Burt Reynolds, which is a great uh, kind of a parody movie about stuntmen. And uh, he was like uh, Burt Reynolds was the older uh, stuntman, and then Jan Michael Vincent was like the young buck. And even then, it was like, oh wow, he. He doesn't look like he used to in Big Wednesday. So. Remember him in The Mechanic with oh my God. Char Charles Bronson? Charles Bronson and fuck, what a cast. Charles Bronson and Jan Michael Vincent. The Mechanic. Oh, fuck. I'm going to have to go watch that movie again. That's an, another movie that was remade and sucked. And it was a brilliant movie to begin with. The Getaway. Fucking piece of shit. And now the piece of shit Point Break. I just don't like uh, the Bad News Bears uh, remake. Oh, God. Uh, you know, and I love Adam Sandler. He put me in one movie in 2006. Congratulations. So I got, well, I was the porta potty guy in Bench Warmers. 
Very turtle-like scene where a lot of people to this day tell me I stole the movie. Congratulations. Uh, well, you know, I, I, you know, I booked my first two national commercials in 1988, and I thought, well, this business is easy, and I literally haven't booked a commercial since. But uh, you know, that's how I felt too. I was like, when I started acting, I was like, this is easy. I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life. Now, when I stopped acting, when I couldn't get a job, I was like, this sucks. This is the hardest thing in the world. I can't do it anymore. Did. When the the role started to, uh, when you had a dip, die off, yeah, did that not get offered? Maybe um, ex uh, speed up the uh, substance. Definitely uh, kicked off the substance abuse. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I need to be busy and active, you know. And if I'm not active, I need to be working a huge program. And if I'm not working that huge program, I will revert back to self medicating. And when I stopped working as an actor, I got depressed because I love acting and I loved making movies and TV shows and working. You meet the most interesting people, as you know. I mean, they're really interesting and it's really fun and challenging and exciting and it's always changing. So when it's, when it's stopped, I was severely depressed. And I think, of course, I, I reverted to self-medicating that depression. And then I just happened to be an alcoholic addict. So once I start, I just progress and do more and more and more until I can't do anything but drugs. And then I have, I'm going to have to get sober or intervened on or I'll just die. Now, I don't want to get too personal here. but No worries. No, no. I mean... Like well, I said, how much more personal can you, can we be right now? Well, yeah, you did talk about a guy taking a shit right in front of you, uh, yeah, and county. pulling stuff out of his shit and offering it to me. Now I used what to. What the hell is that? That no, I mean I, I'm trying. <laughs> What's I don't, happening? I, I think we've broken the fourth wall, no yeah. doubt about it. Okay, uh, but you know I, I have such respect for you, and uh, you know I'm trying not to uh, get too wacky into the subject. But uh, you know I used to live in a building with Stephen Adler, the first drummer from Guns N' Roses, and uh, I noticed uh, that he had a lot of, for lack of a better word, just fucking losers like mooching off of them and giving them drugs and uh did you have a similar thing like oh i want to hang out with turtle from the north shore let's give him some coke or or you know booze or uh definitely not no nobody's like oh let's get turtle you know i i would i was the lower companion i w i don't think of myself as getting any props for being turtle but i would go i'm the kind of dope you know drug addict coke whore that would go around other people and just you know ask them if i could have some coke or you know drink their alcohol or use their coke or get you know you know i was kind of a i was the loser you know i become the loser i'm i was never a ball i never had a lot of money i've never had money and stuff so when i was doing drinking and, and drug and i was i was the hanger on you know right. i was i would hang around wealthy people or people that were connected with you know, drugs or alcohol or had safe places. And I was the guy with the shitty car and no life hanging out in clubs and trying to get free drugs from people. What clubs were you hanging out? Let's go through a little 80s, oh, uh, 90s no, LA. Yeah, in the 80s, you know, I was a disco dummy before I started being an actor. I loved going to New York and dance and I used to hang out in Hollywood and go dancing and hang around the clubs and stuff. I had so much fun when I was a kid in the 20s. And then I don't know. I start, you know, a lot of the actors used to go to, well, they, I don't know if they Spice. do. Spice. Um, no, I don't think I ever went to Spice. I mean, the clubs I went to are so long ago, you would not know what they I were. would. 
okay, I used to go to the Odyssey in 1980-something in, in you know, people's Beverly lives. Beverly and La Siena. Yeah, that's right. That was the center of the universe for all the dancing club kids back in the 80s because it was all ages. It well, was, and it was run by Eddie gay, Nash. Yeah. And so there was a gay prostitute ring run out of there on certain days. And one of those kids came back and shot that guy in the head. Do you remember that? I, I don't, <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't. I, I'm obsessed with Eddie Nash uh, because, uh, you know, I'm a, he is, uh, and I, I talk about him on almost, it seems like every podcast, he was very influential in the music scene here because he, right down the street, owned the Starwood, which was uh, Santa Monica and Crescent Heights. And uh, he owned the Odyssey, which I think he ended up torching. Torching, yeah. Once it started losing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it ever true. lost money, but uh, the, the well, neighbors were trying to shut him down. I'm sure they're trying to shut it down. And yeah. he, you know, and then I think he got a place in the Valley Phases. Yeah, uh, Phases. Um, so I'm. Uh, he was just such a fascinating character to me because he owned gay bars, uh, anything that made money. Yeah. And uh, you gave like Van Halen their start at the Starwood and uh, Quiet Riot, which, you know, I don't want to turn this into a, you know, no, no, a music right. show, you but, know what's uh, going on. and a lot of people were, uh, if you've ever seen Boogie Nights. Uh, of course. Have I ever seen Boogie Nights? Well, no, I know you, but you know, uh, that end scene where they robbed the Arab guy, Alfred Molina, uh, he did a pretty good job of playing a Nash like character, but I think Eric Bogosian really nailed it, uh, in Wonderland. Mm. Uh, but the yes, I'm wow the Odyssey. That the was, Odyssey, uh, yeah. And then you know we'd go to the Odyssey. Then we, you know Seven Seas. After that, when they, he owned that club, he owned it right. So a lot of us would go over to Seven Seas. We'd call it. And then we, when I got a little older, I mean it was a funk club in LA down down by the Otis Parsons. We used to, I used to go to Park Plaza back in the '80s. Oh, Park man. Plaza was a fantastic club. You got and then that this right. funk place that Matt Sowen used to run. There was a place on Melrose that was really popular, but I would just go out every night, you know, every night and just, you know, till I started working. And then when I started working, I was just like, I can't go out at night, man. I got to work. I got to, I got to study. I got to go on an audition. But I started again, like when I got, you know, when I got a little more work going and I got sober, I start, I used to, you know, go out. I don't know. Where did I used to go? Three, two, one in Santa Monica. Yeah. I went there once or twice, but it was too beachy for me at the time. Cause I was not into that. I didn't identify as a surfer and I stopped right. surfing by that time and. But, um, so many, so, but, I mean, yeah, there's so many, it was, LA was super fun, you know, on the sunset strip, you know, the sunset strip was really fun. I used to go to the Roxy and the whiskey and, you know, when I got older and, but when I relapsed and I started using drugs again, after my acting stopped, I used to go to the, um, opium den oh, oh and, um, the opium den and what was that place on sunset and La Brea. Ah, fuck, I went there all the time. Since, I can't wow. remember what it was called. Uh, I'm, I'm not Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden. There I you went, go. I fucking lived at the Garden of Eden, lived there because I knew some of the doormen. Actually, at that time in my life, I was driving down to Mexico buying large quantities of pharmaceutical narcotics and Valium and Xanax and, you know, Oxycontin. For yourself? No. Yeah, myself. I was addicted to them, but uh -huh. I would come back, I would have mine you know, and then I would also give them to people in exchange for coming in, you know, to the I clubs and, you know, giving them to those guys going, yeah, here's a, here's a handshake with some pills in it. And I'm coming into the club tonight, you know, and I used to, I was like way too old to be going to those clubs, way too old. I remember sitting, you know, and I was like, I was taking ecstasy all the time, you know, and I was full of like love. I'm sitting on a couch, the lights come on and like, 
I see these two girls looking at me and they come over and they want to talk to me. And I'm like, oh, these two hot, young, beautiful girls are going to give me some love. And they get right up to me. I put my arms out and they put their hands out like, stop, hold on right there. Hey, do you know where we can get some X? Oh, really? And I'm like, what are you asking me for? And they're like, because you look pretty faded, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I'm just this fucking... Yeah, I got to get out of here. I got to go home. And it was right. so depressing to realize, you know, to get a little perspective on what, you know, because I live fantasy is my drug of choice, my first drug. So I'm thinking like, oh, I'm going out. I'm seeing all these pretty girls. I never got together with any of them. They didn't like me or anything. I just was in uh, taking drugs and, and a, a fantasy and delusion thinking I could hang. I couldn't. I find that hard to believe that these girls never hooked up. <laughs> no, never. No, I was just a, I was just a derelict. Yeah, but I've been to those clubs and, uh, you know, I am from a slightly different perspective because I've never had a drug or drink in my life. How did you, why? Because of your brother? Well, uh, my mom, I was, uh, and once again, I, I, I don't want to make this about me, but I was uh, one of five kids. I was the baby and my mom was so desperate to... Uh, not have me turn out like some of my siblings who I all love. Uh, she's like, I'll buy you the car of your choice. If you don't do anything until you're 18, then you can do whatever you want. And, uh, at, you know, it happened. And uh, after that, I was like, well, why start? Right. So most of my friends who were all agents and managers, very high ICM, yeah. you know, William Morris, uh, I think Triad at the time, uh, they would take me to all these parties and clubs and VIP treatment. And they wanted me around because I was a big guy. And in case any, uh, I can't fight at all, but, you know, it's all like, about appearances. Actually looking like you can is more valuable. Absolutely. It's, <laughs> You know, a deterrent. It's like people, uh, everywhere I go, people ask me for Coke. Yeah, totally. Because, you know, the beard and the, the slow speech and, you know, they think I'm like a dealer or something. And, uh, you know, like last night at the comedy store, this guy walks up to me and goes, hey, man, uh, you got any powder? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't have any powder. Um, so, yeah, the I was led a, a wild life just because I was... Uh, it, most of my friends did drugs and booze. So it was, uh, we've kind of lived parallel lives. I'm sure I may have run into your garden of oh, Eden. I'm sh yeah, probably. And you know, did I'm, you always have that beard? That's as easy. No, no, I'm clean shaven. Uh, usually, uh, I, uh, I'm a big fan of the show sons of anarchy, which is uh, not on the air anymore, but, uh, uh, you know, I, you look like a, do you have a motorcycle? You look like no, I'm too scared to drive a motorcycle. Yeah, that's good. That's smart. Another like, smart choice. Well, yeah, I'm not the smartest. I'm probably one of the dumbest people you've ever met, John. You know, I'm that's not... just a testament to how clean living is good for you, no matter what. Well, I think so. I mean, you know, I'm 46, and uh, wow. you know, I uh, you don't look it. What well, clean? You don't look 55 though. You you survived. I mean, yeah, we are survivors. Well, we're, we, we like, survived the if we survived the Odyssey, the Garden of Eden, and Hollywood without doing. I mean, and we're alive and healthy right now. We're really doing all right. We're doing I mean, very well. I've been to gang bangs where there was uh, just uh, I got uncomfortable and uh, uh, underage girls. Uh, I was like, I got to get out of here. I don't. I don't feel right now. Maybe it's because I was sober. It's like this is. Uh, I'm not, it's scary, man, what people do. do well, yeah. And I saw... Scary. It's not my scene. Like a lot of... Uh, not, I don't say wannabe actors, but like, you know, desperate you know, people chasing fame, like going into guys' offices. Oh, I'll make you a star. I mean, you must have seen a lot of that. Uh, not you personally, but like 
just it's a sick business man yeah i went i, I saw that movie entourage right the other day and i i you know during that whole movie i was like i gotta get out of la that's just i mean it's the most disgusting the way they show it it wasn't like that with me because i was an actor and my friends were actors and we we were having fun and it and it was i never really saw that seedy disgusting side of it but when i see entourage i'm like i mean that they make that up and stuff but i mean it was just it was that that movie is everything that's disgusting about hollywood you know yeah, I mean, you were a successful actor. I mean, well, no, I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was successful, but I was. I was friends with some people that were very successful, and I and they didn't. They weren't disgusting or gross or anything like that. But when I see that movie, I'm like, or or that like I wouldn't watch that TV show. I just go to those movies because I'm bored. I'm sober. I don't have a job. I'm like, I'll go to a movie, and you know, I'm like, that's a, yeah. Hollywood, you know, is grosser than people imagine. Well, it's just so... Uh, There's a side of it that's grosser. People oh, like yeah. us that are clean and that work, the work ethic's insane. You can't... I mean, when you're a worker in Hollywood, it's different. You're up early, you're super healthy, you're working your ass off, you're friendly with anyone. Like my cousin where I live, Michael Malley, that guy's a powerhouse. I mean, he's got so much energy. He helps so many people. He works so hard. And that was my experience when I was working in Hollywood. The people that are working and doing things are interesting, smart, and, and hard-working people. That's, that's, it's the image of Hollywood that a lot, if someone going after that instead of the work ethic and the artwork of it or the craft of it, whatever, then that's gross. And I would fall into that when I was going out at night and not working. When I'm not working and, be, and, and slipped into being another degenerate, that's gross. Well, there's, I've been there. Well, yeah, but you've survived. You, but I survived. You're back. Uh, yeah. You're back in Hollywood, actually. Back in Hollywood, yeah. Because I see, uh, on IMDb, you are in a movie called Undateable John. Yes, yes. I That is, yeah. I did this movie with Estella Warren and Daryl Hannah and Tom Arnold. And Cynthia Posner wrote it and Joan Jett produced it. And she's in it also. And she does a lot of all the music for it. And all those people are amazing. And we made, you know, a low budget movie, you know, we're, I don't know, you know, and I tell you, I saw it the other day and I really liked it. Now, I didn't expect to. I was afraid of what it would turn out because it's about, you know, alcoholics and, you know, relapsers. And I actually, I relapsed like the day I finished shooting on that movie is when I started drinking again. But uh, I was sober for that whole thing and right. totally gluten-free and sober, lost a bunch of weight. I was like working every day, all day, like had to get a B shot. I'm like, this is really cool. As soon as it ended, I'm like, go, 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 go. But I saw it the other day and it looks really good. I can't wait, can't wait till they finish the sound and the color correction and everything. And I get to, I'll have a new reel of the new John Philbin. Hey, check me out. Listen, it's my goal to get John <laughs> Philbin back in the fucking. In front of the camera. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> it's all about YouTube now. I see, oh. I see things. I'm telling you. What you do you see? Because I don't know. I'm so far out of that thing. I don't know what. Here's the thing. What's YouTube? YouTube, the big thing right now is parody videos. Uh, my friend Whitney Rice, uh, uh, incredible uh, comic and actress, she does these Lana Del Rey uh, parodies because she looks like her. She gets millions of hits. Whoa. Um, and I'm telling you right now, here I am giving you advice. You've got, I've got your DVD movies in my house. I don't think you have bench warmers in your house. We'll work on that. You do a, a you bring back the turtle character. Not for, just I, I'm telling you, you're gonna think I'm crazy, or I've moved on from North Shore. But it's such an iconic scene, and if you somehow tie it into something that's current right now, it'll go viral. 
you put it on Funny or Die, which is like the big. Uh, it's they put up all the hot parody, and I'm telling you, you get a whole new fan base because your North Shore is so iconic that if you did, uh, maybe if you did like turtle previews the republican candidates for president it, it, just something stupid it's stupid cells yeah and i'm gonna ride it i'm, I'm gonna i don't know if we could get the hair you got you, i mean you got your whole head you got a head of hair at 55 man that's impressive i got that going for me yeah so we get you a wig <laughs> give me a wig and i'm i don't know if these guys would be into it star power helps and maybe gregory harrison can be coaxed into just got to be something hey gregory they were you know they're trying to make a sequel to north shore not remake it but a sequel and gregory harrison was into it and randall wanted it and there was a time when i did a little promotion i wanted it too i wanted it but i don't i just a sequel to a culty it just doesn't how can they they just can't do that anymore. I just don't think he got lucky once with that. I don't think they could ever, ever happen again. Well, I think uh, I'm a big hockey fan, and I, I, I think surf and hockey in America are very s- similar in terms of, uh, uh, I don't want to say cult maybe is the wrong word I'm looking for, a niche uh, sport. Um, you know, I know when Wayne Gretzky played in L.A., he could walk down the street naked. Here's the greatest. Here's the Jerry Lopez of hockey. Yeah. And uh, it's crazy. But in Canada, he would get mobbed. I'm sure in Hawaii and uh, Australia, surf movies do better uh, yeah. than they would here. But uh, I, I could see a sequel to North Shore uh, if it's done right. And, and if everyone from the original film, uh, you know, the, the main uh, cast, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to think. <laughs> You know, just on on the fly uh, filmmaking here. Uh, maybe uh, maybe Mr. Adler is, is or Mr. Kane is down and out. He's lost all his money. He wants to try to come back. We're old men now, man. Why well, no? But you gotta like. You mean come back to the North Shore? He returns. He returns like- to the North Shore either to compete. No, his son competes. It was son. 30 years ago we did North Shore. I, I know. know. You still feel like a 17-year-old inside. Maybe you call it the son of Shore. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, it's a funny. Yeah, I wish him luck. Good luck with that, you guys. Well, listen, I'm not, you know, I don't put any idea out to pasture. When you see what's on TV now with the reality TV shows, I mean, Bruce, Jen- Caitlyn Jenner, now has a it's got a whole documentary with the changeover and whatnot so the son of shore is not that bad of an idea spike tv's probably already got it in development there's a i saw a picture of the back cover of the vanity fair thing did you see that i mean listen (laughs) the tucked in uh the tuck going up the back i got no uh I don't tell anyone how to live their life. I, if you want to chop your dick off, and, and no, that's is that going to be on the reality show? Yeah, it's the whole uh, that procedure. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming it, it's going. to Oh be my god! From well, I don't think they're going to show his dick getting chopped off. Why but, not? I mean, that would be the most fucking gnarliest thing ever of all time. I've but, never seen anyone have their penis removed. Well. uh... You know, here's my thing. If you're going to do that, that's fine. But, you know, at least get bigger tits and a bigger ass. I mean, if you're going to go in, go in. If I was going to become a woman, 
I would get the biggest set of tits you could see. I, I'd get uh, like butt implants. I mean, I'd be looking good. He looks, uh, whew, boy, he looks, uh, he looks rough as a woman. Now, I'm not the greatest looking guy either, but I don't, you know, I'm not going on 2020 either. I miss that whole reality show stuff, you know, like I don't, I just missed it. I missed that chapter of life. Well, I, don't I, think, I know it's very popular, but I haven't seen any of it. I don't know anything about the Kardashians or Bruce Jenner or any of that. Well, that's the thing. When we were going to clubs and, and you know, the 80s and whatnot, I mean, it, there was no internet, you know. So if you wanted to go out, you had to go out. Yeah. Like, you know, now it's like if you want to go to a movie with uh, your other half or just some chick you're trying to get it on with so come over let's watch netflix you know let's watch if you want to go to a comedy club i mean maybe one night you say i want to see earl at the comedy store and you're a little tired you're like i'll just watch george carlin on youtube you know i certainly don't put myself in george carlin's category i just you know but back then if you wanted to go to the comedy club you know you call up uh your you know celebrity or non-celebrity friends hey let's go to the odyssey let you have to go there yeah so uh you know, it's, I don't get the the whole reality thing of people being famous for, for going out. <laughs> going I mean, out at night. you're famous because you're a talented actor, a talented surfer. You know, Kim Kardashian's famous because she let some guy fuck her on tape. Who? Uh, the rapper Ray J. That's really where she got known. Like, the you know, her dad was one of the OJ lawyers. Um, Robert Kardashian and, and uh, she did a sex tape with that Ray J guy and then everyone wanted to see it and then uh, but it's like what are you famous for like what's your talent oh, and I, I'm not hating on her I just I just don't know anything about it I've seen a little bit of it on Saturday Night Live some some comedian makes fun of her but I don't I've never seen her on anything or do anything but it's like you're on this couch today because I'm a fan, I've seen oh. your movies, and 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 you know, hopefully one day Mr. Harrison will will see the arrow. Gregory of his... Harrison. So you asked him, what did he say? You didn't even get back to me, to He's be honest with you. Eighties actor, Trapper John, and stuff. He's oh, my... full on surfer. But I mean, like, I'm sure uh, when I initially, uh, you know, I think one day I, I saw North Shore. I'm like, fuck it, I I, 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 I want to see if I can get uh, Turtle on because uh, you seemed like the funner out of the bunch. Uh, and I think I Facebooked you and, uh, you know, you actually got back to me and, uh, I think you said you had some things to, uh, sort out. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't feel like telling me them at that time. And, uh, I was like, okay, it's, he's just being nice and kind of blowing me off. Uh, and, and then, uh, we connected recently and you're like, you want to do it? I'm like, oh my God, that's a, what a great guy. <laughs> and, uh, Mr. Harrison didn't exactly get back to me, but I understand it's weird probably for you. Was it weird for you to get a Facebook message from some dude you don't know? You probably think, who the fuck is this guy? No, but I became a fan cause I watched some of your stuff and David Arquette, I yeah, David Arquette on. I like that. I watched that episode and I listened to that episode and there's a lot of, you do a lot of cool, super cool stuff and I really liked it, but I'm like, 
I not I don't think of my like Gregory Harrison's an actor. I mean, he's he's try he has an agent. He goes on auditions. He does jobs and TV shows and stuff. I don't do that anymore. So when some guy wants to talk to me about something, if I can talk about surfing or say, hey, I teach surfing now, or yeah, I did that movie and it was fun and it's positive. I'm thrilled to do it because I don't really have anything to do. You know, if I'm not working teaching surfing and, you know, hopefully I'll start acting again now that I'm retired. But I mean, I'm not going to like spend eight hours a day driving around to Burbank to go up on something that uh, there's a hundred other guys exactly like me. You know, I'm not going to be doing that. But if someone wants to do something in the entertainment industry and that's talking about it or acting or making a movie or whatever, I think it's fun. I have no, I have no problem with it. When I was younger, I was like, no, I couldn't be bothered. But, and I could see how Gregory's like, he lives in Oxnard and, you know, he probably like, I don't know. He's got kids and a wife and a pretty big life. Whereas I'm single, re, you know, just fresh out of rehab, just wondering what, reinventing myself. Sure. So this for me is really fun. No, I, it's, it's a, a super, super honor. Uh, <laughs> okay. And it's, you know, I, really only want to interview people I like respect that's the great thing about this podcast is you don't deal with anyone you don't want to deal with yeah it's your house yeah it's my house in your house you know a few people are like well I'll do it over the phone and I just don't think it works over the phone Uh, I try and make it like a informal talk show like David Arquette was awesome Uh, you know he's his history in in the business with his family and uh, yeah you know just he was amazing He's a cool guy. Yeah, just super nice. He comes to the comedy store late night in uh, various uh, shapes of mind. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's gonna clean up this. You know, we go, we come and go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's the sweetest he's guy. Man. And you know, I was a pro. I am a pro wrestling fan. And he at one point was the WCW heavyweight champion, which uh, oh my god might have showed you why WCW went out of business. Uh, you know, because he did a movie called Ready to Rumble. And I think someone thought it was a good idea. Hey, let's put the actual heavyweight championship belt on him while the movie's out. And uh, I'm sure guys like Ric Flair and, and famous pro wrestlers were like, what, what the fuck? We, we've been busting our hump for 30 years, breaking bones, and this guy is like... And this actor comes over and gets this thing. So, um, but let's... It, it, did being around Tom Arnold... Tom Arnold. Uh... Plays my sponsor, an undateable John. Tom Arnold plays my sponsor. I'm a relapser. He's a sober guy who runs a meeting, you know, an AA meeting, and he has a lot of energy. Yeah, he does. Tom Arnold has a lot of energy, and he gives me advice that I don't understand or take seriously at the time. And it, and you know, ultimately, I got to see him again and thank him because I think he made it all up from his real life, the stuff he was saying to me. And since then, I have taken his advice. I've had to. I've listened. I've, I have, I have drank the Kool-Aid. And now I think back to what he said. I can't wait to see him and go, hey, I do all the shit you said to my character back in that movie that you made up, that you ad-libbed. I actually do it in my life now. It's real life and imitating art. Now, do you play the slacker surf instructor or what, what's your role in Undateable John? I play John? Undateable John. I am a slacker surf instructor recently, you know, relapsing guy trying to get sober. Not far from the real John, right. Phil been sitting on your couch right now. And but I mean, I don't blame me, you know, but, but you know, I, it's... To a degree you do. To a degree I do. And I work, you know, and everyone in there is in recovery, like in the movies about recovery. And 
you know, this was before that TV show Undateable came out. You know, we, you know, I was like, hey, have you seen that? Like a movie and a TV show Undateable have come out before this. Maybe they'll change the title. But yeah, I play Undateable John, and I actually, since this arrest, I actually have become Undateable. Well, but I mean, what, what uh, John? Do you find right now, since you're uh, clean and and uh, you know, strug- not struggling, but uh, reinventing my life, reinventing, Com- starting fresh? Right, yeah. Do you That's find? Uh, do you uh, probably wouldn't be the greatest time to bring a girl into your life right now, or, or do oh, you- I'm couch surf. I'm house sitting. I can't have any girls. You know, I I need to work on myself right, right. now. I'm like totally all about getting a really strong foundation and getting super, super healthy, responsible, self-supporting, you know, working again, starting to work again and just having a real, you know, nice life. It's, it's out there for anyone who really wants it. And I don't mean work and stuff, but just a nice life, being healthy and having real friends, good friends and having a real life. It's, you know, and I found it, it, it's not that, you know, if you ask, if you want it, if it's sincere, if it's heartfelt, the world kind of responds and that's what I'm experiencing right now. And it's a beautiful thing. I don't have two nickels to rub together, but I'm really happy. And, you know, I, I'm reinventing my life and I have, I'm not afraid of it. It's, it's weird. I don't have a lot of anxiety or anything. I mean, I've had things before and I've had success and I guess I've had the things people talk about cars or whatever places to live. Right. <laughs> and I've got, I, uh, and now I don't have anything, but I actually, I have a car and a really cool motorcycle that Matt, Adler gave me that George Clooney gave to him. I just had to drop that name on your show. It's, a, it's right outside the house right now. We're going to take a picture of it. I hope so. I might, you know. I hope so. Where's Matt Adler? Does he live? Matt Adler's the greatest guy. He married Laura Sangiacomo. He lives in the Valley. You know, they have a kid, you know, that beautiful woman, beautiful wife. And um, great kid, Mason. And Matt stopped acting, but he works. He doesn't, he didn't quit acting. He does voiceovers. He does. He's in the loop group. He's been in the loop group for 25 years. So I don't, you are nodding your head. So you know what that means. When he goes to his mailbox, it's a SAG job. He's got 10 or 15 residual checks in his mailbox every day. So he, Matt's doing just fine. I mean, he's George, one of George's best friends. So Matt's got an amazing life, but it's mostly now with, cause his life, you know, he's married with a kid. And so he's a busy guy. He's a busy guy. And he's a scratch golfer. He just got tired of riding this bike and it was, it's fucking scary riding a motorcycle these days in LA. The, tr- the drivers are all texting and they're angry and there's so many drivers and the traffic has gotten so bad that motorcycles are getting killed left and right. You know, they're just accident involving a motorcycle. So he came close a couple of times, said, I'm getting rid of this bike. You want it? And I'm like, I don't have any money, right? I can't. And he goes, no, I'm not selling it. I'm giving it away. It was given to me. I'm giving it away. Cause George, he just, he's the most generous guy in the world. He gives bikes to all his friends. I don't know if he, because he's trying to get him killed or whether he just wants, he wants people to ride with, you know? But, um, so that's my, you know, that's one of my claims of fame. So I'm riding a bike Matt Adler gave me that George Clooney gave him. Well, listen, uh, and I'm claiming it. Listen, <laughs> the cheese rolls downhill. I mean, people throw bones out in Hollywood. You just got to catch You still got to catch them. They're the out there. Oh, absolutely. You got to catch it. You got to reach up and catch it. Well, <laughs> we're, we're going to, Get you back at the top of the game. Okay. This is a baby step. This is the lowest step on the ladder of this show. And, you know, just little baby Baby, steps. Baby steps. That's fine with me. Baby steps. We're going to get you on the Stick with me. I'll take you straight to the middle. Uh, No, I'll take you to the bottom. But uh, at least I'll do it sober. (laughs) 
Um, ah, we're going to go surfing one of these days. You're going to have a good time. I know. I, well, you can't say to me, I've never been surfing a million times, but surf movies, these are my two favorite surf movies, not this one, Big Wednesday, and not expect me to go, well, I'm going to take you surfing now. You don't have to pay for it. You just yeah, enjoy I would, yourself. First It'll of all, be fun. I would pay you for it. You don't have to pay I, him for it. I, but I'm, you know, this I got from my dad. Never take anything for free. It's people's time and effort. You were nice enough to do this. I'm doing uh, this for free. No, I'm just kidding. Right, you are. But it's publicity. Well, it I publicity? Hope it is a popular podcast. I'm not going to lie to you. It's getting um, me back in the swing of it. I'm not on any podcast network. I do it all, you know, on my own, um, which I prefer. And it, it's a little harder that way. But, you know, I just want to interview people I like. Like, you know, I, one day maybe Mr. Adler will... You know, even in between voiceover jobs, you know, I want to interview every person. Oh, he would never come on a show. I'm really? Just I, was, I heard that. I heard Mia Farrow say that to David Letterman once or Johnny Carson or someone like that. I don't remember who. And I've always wanted to say it. And I got Scott to say it. And then I immediately blew up by saying, I got that from Mia Farrow. She was talking about Woody Allen on a, doing an interview. And he's like, well, would he ever? And she's like, oh, he would never come on a show. And she was just fucking with him too. Right. But it's, it was, I don't know about, I can't answer. I can't talk for any, speak for anyone else. But she was just... I can't believe it, man. I can't believe I would take a line I've wanted to say all my life and then just immediately apologize about it for five minutes. Well, I'm going to, before we end, uh, we're, we're, we're wrapping things up. You know, my goal is I want people to go, I want to hear that guy again. I don't like to shoot the whole wad on the first show. I think we probably, I think I may have, we've, you're going to have a lot of editing to do. Like, Oh, no. Shut out. Well, I told you before we started, daddy doesn't Time, edit. Can you believe it? Time, I mean, for me... Time flew by. I don't know if I was listening to this, if I would feel that way, but I was talking and I like talking. So you you asked me questions and I talked and all of a sudden time. We are at uh, an hour and 20 minutes. Fuck. But, well, but it's, th that's how a podcast should feel. You shouldn't feel like, uh, you know, God, when's this guy going to shut up? You, you're the perfect podcast guest because like I said, uh, the people who do listen to this, they know me already. Like, you know, I don't want to repeat the same stories. Uh, you know about Eddie Nash and you know I was just fascinated by him because he would have girls come over to his house and if they wanted his cocaine um, he wouldn't sell it to them what he would do is go in the bathroom take a huge shit and they would have to lick his butt clean awesome yeah oh my god I hear stories like that and I really wish I was a coke dealer so well i really do because what a life that would be but i but i'll tell you jail is not for me and it wasn't obviously it wasn't eddie nash the guy i guess that got shot in the head by a gay prostitute but there was a guy at the odyssey that ran a gay prostitute ring and one of his kids who was a you know one of the kids who would come in there snuck up in there and shot this guy in the back of the head and that guy died and the other kid went to jail and they asked him like i mean he was just obviously butt sore about the whole deal Right. Well, no, I mean, it's, it's such a seedy... I kind of miss that L.A. I mean... Oh, I uh, that, that L.A. was so much fun. It was, you know, nowadays you go on the Sunset Strip and uh, really the comedy store is the only place that's rock and late night. Uh, maybe the Rainbow. Uh, but, you know, I just... I remember, you know, from Doheny and Sunset, which is basically where Gazzari's was. Uh, yeah. 
to you know basically Garden of Eden, Garden of Eden, Sunset in La Brea. Fuck. Uh, it was just a wild scene. Yeah, just, is the Garden of Eden still there? Is the opening? No, still uh, Spice is Sometimes. gone. Garden of Eden's gone. Uh, Gazari's, uh, you know, it went to uh, Billboard Live, then the Key Club, Ugh. and then now it's uh, that One Oak, which is like Jay Z's franchise. Uh, mm. But they must make great money because One Oak is open. I think. Uh, Thursday through Saturday. That's it. Hmm. So uh, that's a pretty big uh, uh, rent for them to be closed four days out of the uh, week and still be around. So now it's, uh, uh, you know, it's just a rainbow, which is still great to eat at. Um, I mean, it's the only place in L.A. where you could be dining and the table to your left is Axl Rose and the table to your right is an Axl Rose impersonator. Yeah. And of course, Ron Jeremy in the corner. Awesome. And I want you to know the only other person I've wanted as badly is there's two people I've wanted on this podcast from day one. Three, you. There's another actor. I don't know. Uh, there's a movie uh, with Roy Scheider in 1986 that came out, 52 Pickup. Uh, oh, yeah. And Margaret. Yeah. Uh, but the bad guy in that movie, another gentleman named john john glover and uh, i'm telling you john glover uh he's you know he's one of those and i hate saying character actor because i think that's a uh almost like a dismissive term uh but he, he's an amazing bad guy and uh i can't you know i don't know where he is and uh ron jeremy yeah ron you gotta have ron jeremy ron jeremy would you let him sit on this couch i mean he's probably been on this couch in more, more ways than one but yeah you gotta have ron jeremy on the show you well, got to I saw him at the comedy store recently, and I'm like, you know, I don't get starstruck around too many people. Uh, oh, come on, a hedgehog. And I walked up. And he up. does this kind of thing? Well, he'll do anything. He'll do it. But uh, unlike you and your willingness to do this show, which I'm eternally grateful for, I'm like, hey, Mr. Jeremy, I'm, I'm a big fan. You know, I don't really watch porn, but uh, I know you'd probably have some... Uh, you know, great stories, John Holmes, Eddie Nash, uh, just you've lived the life that we all dream about. Yeah. Uh, would you come on my podcast? And he looks at me and goes, what's a podcast? Yeah. Uh, you know, probably not going to be a good guest. <laughs> well, I don't. What's a podcast? He doesn't know, but I mean, he'd love to talk about himself. If you ask questions like you, you do and you're informed like you are and you respect the guest, he'll talk about it. Why try and be? I mean, really, only one guest has been a little rough to talk to, and I won't say who they are. Why not? Uh, well, she was, uh, well, it probably narrows it down, knowing the number of female guests I've had is limited. Uh, they did not want to really talk about uh, their past anymore, oh. uh, but they hadn't really um, done a lot uh, currently. So it's like, well, what do you what want do you to want talk, talk about? about? What did you have for breakfast? Yeah, and I was thankful. Work out. Yeah, it's like, you know, I was thankful that they came here, you know, because I know it's it's weird to get a call or message from some guy you don't know, say, hey, will you come to my house and do this podcast? And uh, so I try and be respectful of, you know, uh, people's accomplishments, which are more than mine. Uh, but uh, you're very self-effacing. But well, it's true, well, though. You, describe, what does John Glover look like? Is he a white guy with... Let me pull up, his, pull up uh, his picture. He's a because, very good-looking guy. Yeah, I know who he is. He's got, you know, he's kind of like strong jaw, big teeth, so like big, you know, big eyes, if I'm thinking of who it is. Yeah, yeah that'd be cool. I'm, 
telling you, uh, this isn't the best but, picture of him. Yeah, I know who he is. But because um, in 52 pickup, he was very clean shaven. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying yeah, to. Right. Uh, no, I know. He's big. He's, he's awesome. That guy's that guy's great. Yeah. Huge. Roy Scheider. I fucking love that guy. What? They don't make him like that anymore, man. Well, I mean, I am very happy. I mean, you talk about, uh, you know, Roy Scheider. One, I mean, I don't know if an actor's ever had a career or a decade that he had in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, I love those. Those are my favorite movies. 70s. I mean, French Connection. Yeah, French Connection. Uh, 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 Marathon Man. Uh, obviously, Jaws. Uh, and, all that uh, jazz. All that Bob Fosse. I Killed mean, uh, movie. And then... Uh, you know, I think what killed him was he had to do Jaws too. Oh yeah. He was the uh, he was he had done like principal photography on Deer Hunter for the Robert De Niro part. He was the original choice. I didn't know that. And uh, he had some contract dispute, and uh, they basically said, "We'll let you out of the contract, but instead of Deer Hunter, you have to do a sequel to Jaws." And uh, he did, and it wasn't. Uh, wasn't you know I, I liked it but you know I liked Porky's three so uh, you know speaking of Porky's and this is why I appreciate you so much I once saw Pee Wee at the DMV with his wife and kids and uh, he instantly we locked eyes and he knew I was going to come up to him and I don't bother celebrities I really don't because I you know I respect uh, you know you're not on when you're at the DMV and he just looked at me and goes I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> that was funny. Well, you've only done three movies, brother. What else am I supposed to talk to you about? I'm into stock trading now. I think he real estate. Now. So, thank you, Dan Monahan, for uh, you know. I'd like to get him so we can reconnect, like you and I have. So, this is the part of the pod. Mr. Yeah, let's Feldman. get down to business. We are. No, no. What? What? Where? I mean, I know people can uh, see you on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. They can friend me. My name's John Philbin. I'm not, I'm not, you know, like, and I teach surfing and my, I've got a website, Pro Surf Instruction. I'll be in a movie coming out called Undateable John. Very close to the bone on that one. And uh, come take a surf lesson. And do you do Twitter or no? Instagram? No, I don't. I do Instagram, but I don't take pictures. I just look at other people's pictures. So you're not even on it. You look at Instagram, but yeah, you're not on I'm it. I'm on it. Just I'm at, on Instagram at John, John Philbin. John Philbin. Okay. No. And uh, I would suggest getting on Twitter. I don't know what that is, really. I don't know how to. Do I have to learn something new? Why, no. It's, why should I be on Twitter? Well, to, to uh, plug your uh, surfing uh, uh, business. Yeah. Um, you know, when Undateable John comes out, uh, it's, it's great. It, it's uh, I. I think we have the same mindset. It's like I don't want to do Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Now a big thing is Periscope. Not doing it. Which is, uh, you know, like if uh, it's on your phone and like right now I could periscope you on the couch and it's broadcast. It's it's almost like uh, a live broadcast. And uh, but, you know, it's, it's too distracting for me to be going like this and looking at, uh, you know, your info here. It's like, you know, and we're going to end the podcast. And I hesitate in doing this to you. Here it comes. But this is more for my buddy Adam, the talent coordinator at the Comedy Store who loves the North Shore. Anytime. He really wants you to say your iconic line. Which is? The reef line. The reef. Oh, when the wave. So I'm going to play Rick Kane. 
I don't know if this is the exact line Rick uses, but just sets you up for the uh, scene. And, and and maybe afterwards you could critique my acting. Okay. All right. Well, I know what to say. I yeah, yeah, your line is basically, and I'm not going to do an when impression. Wave- this is weird that I'm going to do an impression of you, like right in front of you. Your line, I believe, and we don't have to go for 100% accuracy here, Mr. Philbin, but I believe uh, Rick says, well, tell me what I should do out there. And your line is, you see that reef? You better be there, because if you're there, you're going to get drilled. Okay, I know it. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Right. <clears throat> now I'm going to treat this like it's real Like we're on the set of North Shore 2 It's a flashback scene uh, Oh did you ask something I, I was going to start you off by saying the reef It start. There's a reef Yeah Yeah. Oh I see yeah See that reef Yeah right got it got it you Better be there Okay got it Because if you're there You're going to get drilled Right that was actually pretty good I mean I don't do a great accent I don't I don't either That was 30 years ago but I will do my best Yeah but you're a turtle I am. I played. I'll do my best. All right. I'm gonna, here. I go. Doing my best. Okay. Ready? Sound, speed, rolling, North Shore, reef scene. Take one. Action. So hey man, uh, tell me what I should do out there. You really coming? All right. We see that reef. That reef starts here and it stretches all the way down to there. So when the wave breaks here. Don't be there, or you're going to get drilled. Cut. <laughs> Guys, let me tell <laughs> you, you something. Thank you. Thank you very much. If I die, if I die tomorrow, <laughs> my life is complete. Yeah, we just, we just did the scene from North Shore. On again. So, Earl Sickles. All you people out there who tell me how to do a podcast... <laughs> when you can have Turtle come to your house and reenact scenes... From North Shore, then you can tell me how to run a fucking podcast. <laughs> this has been, no offense to Stephen Piercy or any of the other great guests I've had, without a doubt, my favorite episode. And and no offense to Rowdy Roddy Piper, a WWE legend, but this will break the inappropriate Earl internet. We are on iTunes and SoundCloud. Send John Philbin a Facebook friend request. Take a surf lesson from him. Don't be a dick and call him and try and talk to him about North Shore for 15 minutes. I've been there. I've done that. This man's getting undateable John coming out. Can they see it in theaters? I mean, what are... Probably uh, not. I don't know. Maybe for a weekend. Who knows? Look for it, though. Well, uh, just follow John Philbin. Maybe it'll be on YouTube. Facebook. We're going to work on that YouTube idea I had. And uh, Mr. Philbin, I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, took a lot of balls for you to come into the stranger's house, talk about your recovery, talk about Mexican mules sticking, uh, shedding heroin bags out. Uh, you, you, don't get, you don't get this on The Tonight Show or, or uh, the new Corbin show or any other shows I sent writing packets in for and didn't get accepted. You want good interviews, you come to Inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Leave a review for this one, and we'll be back for more next week. Mr. Philbin turtle nathaniel from point break you're the best aloha and mahalo oh,